On today's episode, Dave interviews actress Jody Lennon. Jody has appeared in the film Beer League and the TV series Exit 57. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. You they were water? passing Purell around. Um, it was sure. a dinner party. It was just a dinner Thank party. You. It was a dinner party. And at the dinner party, they're passing the Purell around. That's strange. Is that what happens in L.A.? Was it in Los Angeles? I think it happens all over. I don't think so. It doesn't happen in New York. Well, then it happens only in Los Angeles. Oh, good. So when you go there, be prepared for that happening. Because I feel... Strange. I, I don't... When I was on... I was on... Um, I had a girlfriend who was on a cruise ship. And she was working on the cruise ship. The Norwegian... The second city had a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. Or they, not their cruise ship. but And they had that cruise ship. And every place you went, you had an opportunity to get a jizz handful right. of that. And like, no. <laughs> not... No. But on a, I, maybe on a ship I should. Yeah. In a private home, it seems strange to me. Yeah. Especially to be passed around at a party. Yeah. Or a dinner party. It's weird. Because that Very shit strange. smells toxic. Yeah. It shouldn't be near food. It shouldn't be near food. And yet people go, it's as safe as you can get. I'm thinking, no, no. I want, when I grew up, I used to go outside. Yeah. Yeah, the motto was a little dirt isn't going to kill you. That's the motto. That wasn't my motto, but that was my family's it. motto. Was actually that was fine. Little yeah. dirt wasn't going wasn't going to hurt you or kill you. Mm, right. I I wasn't much into the manners thing. Like we didn't get taught manners. We were taught manners. I was sent away to a, a great aunt's house to learn what manners. Uh, how to type on a typewriter and how to play the Hawaiian wedding song on the organ. Every child in the I, family I got a bunch was, of I got a bunch of questions on that. There's one. very little. I'm going to start with I'm going to start with the into. end. What's that? There's very little to dive into. In well, I'm, then let's just hit the surface on it. <laughs> okay. So uh, I'm going to go for the last one first. What is the Hawaiian wedding song? No, 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 no. No, you know, and I should know it, and I don't. Uh-huh. I blocked it. Okay. Um, then I'll go back to great aunt. Yes. How long? Well, it's my father's aunt. That I'm was sorry. How long were you there? Oh, two months. Two months. I was nine, and I was there for two months. Did you do something? To, like, that's the last time you don't put a napkin on your lap. We're sending you to aunt. No. It was just part of the family process. Uh-huh. How many of you are there? Were there? Me and my brother. Did but he have then to go? My brother went also. But then cousins also did the trip. You know, it's like a big... It's a trip. It's a trip because it was Florida, and we were in Connecticut. And where, where in Florida? In um, Lakeland, Lakeland, Florida. I don't know. know It's like all other parts of Florida. I don't know. I'm going to say this and maybe we'll cut it out. Mm -hmm. I don't like Florida. No. No, me neither. I mean, certain parts that I like, like there are certain people in Orlando that I really like. I don't know anyone. My dad just moved to Florida. Which city? Um, He's in DeLand. Is that near the sea? Exactly. Right? It's a terrible I can't name. It's most of those places. Uh, my ex-in-laws live, lived in uh, Mary Esther, which sounds happy. It was the saddest fucking place on the planet. Yeah, it's a weird place. Have you been to Mary Esther? No, f- I mean Florida. Yeah, Florida. And it was on the, it's, uh, it's on the beautiful coast of the... What's that area? <laughs> so there's the o- the Atlantic Ocean, and then there's the Gulf of Mexico. Right. I couldn't think of the fucking Gulf of Mexico. I know. I think, like, the Keys might be nice, right? Like, I would trust Hemingway. Like, maybe... Yeah. 
Or trust old Hemingway back then. Exactly. Maybe that's a place I would visit in Florida. But I, think, I don't need I don't need Miami. No. I don't need Orlando. No. I think the people of Florida killed Florida. Yeah. They're responsible for the They're not douchey down there. They're it's different. It's yeah. a different feeling. It's a feeling like, really? Yeah. It's not okay. Whatever that was that made me say that. Really? That's not okay. Yeah, I don't spend a lot of time there. No. I went there for a um, a launch, a space shuttle launch once, and that was pretty amazing. That's a great. That's a good reason to have Florida. Mm-hmm. The space shuttle launch, Mexican. I'm sorry, food in Miami. Okay. Um, there's a bunch of improv groups in Orlando that I really like, and they and they uh, they're very nice to me. I'm done. Yeah, me too. Tampa. We went to Tampa when I was five, and I remember it being really, really cool. And we went, uh, somebody went pearl diving, and we rode horses. And the next time I was in Tampa, everything was covered in concrete. I mean, every fucking place was covered in concrete. They have concrete golf courses there. It's all concrete. They're afraid of grass. They're afraid of grass. And over, I come here, and there's not much grass here, but it's different. Well, we have a huge park in, in the middle of this island. How often do you go there? I do go there. You do? Uh-huh. You do? Mm-hmm. What do you do there? I walk, I think. I, uh-huh. Yeah, I walk. I, I How walk do you get yourself over there? Like, do you go, today I'm going to the park? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I tend to be adventurous in the city on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So if I'm near the park, I will make a point to dip in. Got it. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And that's the thing about this city is you're walking around and I'll dip into there and I'll dip into there and mm-hmm. I'll dip into there. For me, I'm a, I'm, I'm a drinker. I'm not an alcoholic. But it's always like, that looks like a good place to have a drink. Right. You drink. I drink. Yeah. I love it so much. I know. Me too. It's fun. Yeah. I, the last time I saw you was at a bar. Really? Where? I don't remember. I we bumped drunk. into each other at a bar. Um, <laughs> uh, when you said, oh, we must have just passed each other when I'm on that Instagram, like it was on that street. It was some name like Tom Sheehan's or oh. Kelly McGillis. How many years ago? It was maybe three years ago because uh, uh, my girlfriend was there. Hmm. Uh, my girlfriend Laura was there. So it was maybe three years ago. And what time of year was it? It was cold. It was put on a coat. Okay, so it could have been winter, fall, or early right. spring. Yeah, or it could have been like, what the fuck's going on with summer? But mm-hmm. I don't think it was that. I think it was the ones before that. So it was that. I was in town for something. Oh, okay. And I was there. And I saw you, and I saw your husband, and you were there. Okay. And that's what you were doing. Hmm. Okay. And I saw you then. But that was, uh, why, why did I, oh, because of it at a bar. I really feel that the people that I hang out around with, that I enjoy hanging around with, drink mm-hmm. and I always feel like the people that no offense but if I'm around an alcoholic it makes me go ah, boy okay I'm gonna have a drink and I'm just gonna ignore that you can't drink right now oh an alcoholic that's actually a recovering alcoholic yeah okay because yeah. we've been I'm, I'm I still hang out with alcoholics that are drinking right yeah I can't they're take fun. it they're fun oh yeah 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 but yeah. um yeah, I, I mean, in New York, it's easier to drink, too, because, you know, we don't have to drive anywhere. That's a huge thing. Yesterday, I was at, I was at um, this bar called Smithfields, and they said, do you want another drink? And I'm going, I'm not fucking driving. 
And it's such an interesting, because it's kind of a governor on what it is that you do, where you go, I can't go as far as I would normally go or want to go. But what I also like about New York is it's so fucking creative here. Oh, yeah? You don't think that? Oh, I, I definitely do. But I don't want to be... I've, I don't want to be one of those people, like, I'm, I'm nervous right now we're going to get into a New York versus L.A. conversation. Never, never, okay, ever, never, Go. never, never. Because Smorsky and Hutch, like, I don't want to, yeah. it's a little, <laughs> I can't. No, I I'd can't. never do that. I want to reclaim my life. No, for me, I feel like no matter where you're going to go, you're going to find people who are going to be creative. And I don't think yes. that anybody has cornered the market on motherfucking anything. I don't right. think anybody's cornered the market. Uh, what I do like about this city um, because uh, good points and bad points. Mm-hmm. I like what I like about. I think that there's more theater going on here, and I that's what I do. I'm a theater person, mm-hmm. and not that I've been to a, a, a show, a Broadway show, in years, but just the fact that they're here is really great. And you don't, I they have that in L.A., but for the most part, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna get a bunch of shit for it, but most of the theater I see in L.A. is not good. Right. But maybe most theater in general is not good. Right. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of theater in L.A. I've seen a lot of theater here. And, but maybe the theater that I choose to see here is good. Mm-hmm. There's lots of really good stuff here. You, got a, you, you also have people who are here to do things like, not the, uh, not the, who are here to do things like theater as opposed to, I'm going to be a movie star. Right. Now, we're not getting into an L.A. versus New York quality, but we're getting into an L.A. versus New York quality. When I say quality, I don't mean what's good and what's bad. I'm saying there's a quality of L.A., there's a quality of New York, there's a quality of Chicago, mm-hmm. and it's more the sensibility than it is anything else. Right. Right. Um. I like the sensibility of New York. I like it a lot. You should move here. I should fucking move here, Jody. I really should. Maybe today's and I, the day. But here's what's that? Maybe today's the day. Maybe today's the day. But I think about my fourteen hundred dollar a month, uh, nine hundred square foot apartment that I right. have with a parking space in a nineteen twenty five building, and I go, okay, how's so that going to work out? Right. I would get rid of my car. Okay. Yeah. Obviously. You don't need it. I don't need my car. But I've got a couch, a break front, a big TV, two coffee tables. A huge desk. That's one coffee table too many. You're, but one has the TV on it. Oh, okay. But you're right. You're right. Um, a kitchen table, a queen size bed, a vanity, a dresser, uh, 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 two shelf, two bookshelves. So I would have to get rid of a boatload of fuck, or spend a thousand hundred million dollars a month in rent. But if you got rid of your car, right. Then you'd have some extra money, right? Your insurance, and I so that goes I, yeah, towards yeah. your rent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest, it's just things. That's all I'm hearing. You're right. It's things. You have things. I have things. You have things. I have things. Did you schlep a lot of things from Chicago to here? I did schlep some things from Chicago, but I moved here a long time ago, so I don't think I still have any of those things. Do you have a big place here? I have a big place. That's nice. Yeah. Stoli and I, my husband's name is Stoli. He, we have a two-bedroom apartment, so that's Shut good. Shut up. Mm-hmm. In and a big one's building? just a, an embarrassment of riches because now it's that other be- the other room is kind of becoming a catch-all but we're going through a purging phase uh-huh. so I'm not into things I'm trying to get rid of things mm-hmm. um, but yeah we live in a big apartment 
also probably around the 1920s. We live in a pre-war building. Mm -hmm. Love it. Huge kitchen. I have an eating kitchen. <sighs> is it far away? Are you far from things? No, I'm not. How long does it take you to get here? It takes like 30 minutes, like door to door. But you're on a train. You're not driving. You're not thinking. You're just on a train. Right. And right. maybe I am thinking. Like I find... But not thinking like, what the fuck is that? Well, there might be some of that too. On the What's train. What's that person doing? Right. Sometimes people get too close. But I think it's like a nice place to listen to, say, a podcast. I know. I know. Or read a book. Right. Or listen to music. I love listening to music. But I also think it's a good time to take out the earbuds and to hear the wacky train people. And I, that's I, fun too. I love that. I love mm -hmm. that about being on the train here in New York. Um, I also, to a certain extent, uh, I got on a train and then suddenly they were, what I thought was piping in urine smell. It yeah. was like they were piping in urine smell. Like the MTA is piping in, how nice of them to pipe mm -hmm. in urine smell. And then I was seeing, no, it's emanating from a urine unit yeah. man. Yeah. And he was standing there being very urine smelling. And then I moved to the other side, watching people put their hands up over their noses and covering their faces yeah. with scarves. And I thought, these are little things that you don't really see in Los Angeles. Yeah, usually you jump off and you go to the I was going to do that, but I didn't stop. know how much time I would have to be able to jump yeah, off. Yeah, that's a newbie mistake. You have enough time. You can you position yourself <laughs> next to the closest exit that is closest to the next car. Mm -hmm. You wait for the doors to open you immediately. And then everybody else, you're doing the others a service that are trying to enter that car. You're just like, no. And then they'll follow you into the car that doesn't have the smelly person. That's what happens. I mean, that's you're helping everyone else at the same time. I see. And then the person, actually, the train conductor will see what's happening too and wait, will wait till you're all on the next car. That is like those little cues that you think this couldn't be possible. Yeah. But they really are. And I was thinking, do I tell somebody, like, look, there's, there's just a, 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 a wick of urine oh. in a human form over there. Poor and you thing. go, no. That's what I, and you've got to be, I think you've got to be um, understanding and forgiving mm -hmm. in a way. Because I've watched a lot of people on the train here who are just falling asleep with a piece of pizza in their hand, grabbing onto a pole and for Whoa. some reason defying gravity. I would never fall asleep with a piece of pizza in my hands. He did. That sounds like somebody who might be dead because to not eat a slice before you fall asleep, it was no matter how messed up you are on a drug or an illness, you're going to get that slice of pizza in your mouth. He was eating it and sleeping while he was eating it. And there was a couple of, uh, there was two African-American women uh, who are across from me watching me watch them and then them watching him and one woman just shaking her head going, uh, 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 no, she no, no. I could not believe you didn't eat that slice of pizza. That's probably what it was. And I was just thinking, she, she was thinking, what, what a waste of a life. And a slice of pizza. Yeah. The slice of pizza ended up not making it. It fell that, on the ground. I'm so focused on that. I it love really, pizza. Can you just eat it 24 seven? I, 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 I do Weight Watchers because I have a tendency. Oh. I'm 53 and what ends up happening is at some you point you go. You look fabulous. Going, I, but I did Weight Can Watchers. Can we com compliment each other right Thank now? Thank you, you look I fabulous as well. I need you to compliment me, no. I like um, the boots. I fucking like the boots. Thank you very much. But you're a very stylish person. You've always been stylish. Oh, thank you. Don't you think? I, I like to have fun. You have a very lovely top with piping. It's a yes. black top with piping and a little bow, right? Uh -huh. Right? Yes. And you have a mic. Do you always carry that mic around with you? I don't. It's, it's Is an this mic like activated? Accessory. Have we been started? Have oh, we, we started? We've, been, we've been for 20, 15 minutes. Oh, boy. You haven't said anything that About has anything. been. 
You've said nothing that has. We just start, and I forget oh, okay. to tell people that. That's sometimes, okay. sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't work out, and sometimes it does. Oh, okay. Like we had one person who was like, "Oh, you got to get rid of what I just said." And it's like, oh, okay. "Okay, I get it." But you didn't say anything, and I'm very aware of it because if you were about to get into something, I'd go, um, "Oh, by the way." Oh, okay. But if you don't want anybody to know that you have a, an accessory of a mic on your uh, yeah, I don't we, want because usually when I'm recording my friends and family. I keep it on the down low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't use a lot. You use for the guy doing in the future. Right. That's um, me holding But on you it. look fabulous. Thank you. So Thank how you. long have you been on Weight Watchers? I've been on Weight Watchers for, I want to say, two and a half, three years. Oh. I was at the it's second a lifestyle. Si well, it's a lifestyle. Thank you very much. Uh, I was at the Second City 50th, and mm -hmm. I was looking at pictures of myself because I do self-portraits. We're going to do one later. And I looked at it and was like, who's that guy that looks like my mom's fat brother? And then I realized, that's me. And I didn't want to do that anymore. Right. I didn't want to do that anymore. So with the drinking, do you drink something? What do you drink? What's I drink, Weight Watchers I've drinking, friendly? I, I've stopped counting Weight Watchers. Oh, okay. I just, I'm mindful of everything. And I think the important thing is to be mindful. Of everything. In of general, everything. in life. Well, don't you? Yes. Yeah. And doesn't it help with like whatever, whatever shows you're doing mm -hmm. and things like that. Because to bring in your life into your art and your art into your life, for me, the, that's what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. I'm mindful of many things. I'm mindful of food. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like my breakfast has now become medication, like the yogurt and right. berries and stuff. It's like <laughs> I'm taking medicine. Yeah, me too. It's, and it's walnuts. Uh, I was saying to a friend the other day, my walnut budget is through the roof. <laughs> and I never thought, um, and I know I'm borderline boring 40-something-year-old conversation right now, like talking about walnuts, but I spend so much money on walnuts. It's crazy. Isn't it high in fat? They probably are, but I don't get a lot of protein or natural fats otherwise. I don't eat a lot of meat. You don't eat a lot of meat? No. So, but they're, I hear they're brain food, uh -huh. so I like to break them up on a salad, say, right. or, or stick them in yogurt. But you, do you have to have a special diet, or are you mindful of your health in a certain way? I am. Yeah. I had been sick, and so, right. uh, I, and since then, I definitely, I watch food, I try to do some sort of exercise thing, but then I have to have a lot of fun, too, so I like to have a, a cocktail with my friends, and I like to stay up late. I like to not sleep so long. I was just talking to Rachel Hamilton about that, the idea that I go to bed at three o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. and I wake up at 7.30. Yeah. And I feel like, let's go, let's right. go. Yeah. What do you mean you're sleeping eight hours? What the fuck is wrong with you? 10 hours. No, I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. Sometimes though, I think once a week I sleep 10 hours. It's just, there's no rhyme or reason. And I hear you're supposed to have an extreme pattern to Fuck your life. Fuck all supposed to. Right. As if you, you do your, I, I feel like I'm doing what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. And I've lasted this long. Yes. And I, it's not like I wake up every morning going, why do I have croup? Or, right. You know, why do I, what, how, do, how come I always get uh, rheumat, rheumatology? Jenny. Rheumatology Jenny. How come yeah. she's always coming in? Exactly. But I feel like I'm very, I feel like I'm, I'm healthy, I'm smart, I'm sharp, and I'm performing. Are you performing? I am. I perform. Uh, I do improv shows occasionally. I mostly write now and direct, but I... Um, so you directed the Marin thing. I did. I did a documentary on him. And then since then, I do tons of shorts. Um, I do a show once a month called Fooling Around with Casey Jost, to somebody I met at UCB. And I direct <coughs> and co-write that show. Um, How often are you writing? 
Well, I just I wrote for a TV show called Impractical Jokers, and that just ended. And now I write every day. I write every day. But that was. Do you find the writing to be something that you enjoy to do, or is it a chore? Oh, I like it. Um, I like it a lot. And now, but it's all different phases of things. Like you know, I'm pitching shows. This all sounds tedious, but so it's not I tedious. like coming up with the ideas, and I love that. I love that process of um, just absorbing. Absorbing and what? Information, like, um, like so. If I'm in, if I'm doing some sort of like, if there's a project that I want to pitch, then I'm um, studying and doing my homework on on that topic. Or mm -hmm. We live in a really great time right now to be able to do all that shit. I know. I feel like I'm doing lots of different things, and it's wonderful. Like, I feel really super lucky that I get to do, like, be in an improv show mm -hmm. or write on a TV show or pitch a show with friends that I like or, um, I don't know, you know, to direct, like, I've always owned my equipment too, like cameras and audio equipment and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I like to be able to just call somebody up who also happens to be off and be like, I have this idea, let's go make it. It's so fucking good. I love that so much. I Me love too. the idea of, uh, because we're, this is gonna sound so corny, but it's the idea of living the life of the artist. Mm -hmm. I'm living the life of the artist and I'm embracing that Yeah. because I think that there was a time where you went, oh, you're an artist, but I'm living the life of an artist. And when I, when I embrace that, it wants, it makes me want to do more of that. Mm -hmm. And we surround ourselves with really creative people yeah. who are matching our um, curiosity mm -hmm. and our drive and our desire. And isn't, I don't think this is, true for you but I think for a lot of people the end result is what they're looking for as opposed to I'm doing this project and this is the this is the intention that I have and it's going to be something different probably right yeah to think about the end result and I think it that's hard because then that that becomes overwhelming if I take little steps and get take tick off those little tasks every day you know the, this is part of the process and it leads up to this bigger thing, that's fine. But if, if the end result isn't what I want it to be or think it's gonna be, then- Expect to be. Or expect it to be. Right. Then I, that sense, that could diffuse everything on the way to that end result. Right, right. And part of the process is so exciting. Um, is it part of the process or the process? I guess the process. But I think mm -hmm. of it as part of the process because I do think of them as little daily tasks like my little to-do list that I tick off mm -hmm. so and to me that's part of the process right you know each little task right um, and that is the process yes but I think of the whole thing as a process I do too and I think that when you're done with the product that's also the process too mm -hmm. and it's the process of you being alive and being an artist and being and expanding and, and, and exploring and unfolding and unfurling and all that stuff and what what I also I also look at it like it's uh, it's that the metaphor of the of the snowball rolling downhill that you start to grab these other things and other relationships that you have and other details that you have in your life and other pieces of inspiration that drive you to places that you wouldn't even fucking know that you'd go to. Yeah, I mean the people that are in my life and the relationships that I've had for so many years and the new ones. Casey, I met. I was teaching a character class at UCB for eight weeks. Mm -hmm. He, we've known each other for a year and a half, but we are involved in a creative process um, like 
I've known him for a long time, but at the same time, it's a new relationship. Mm -hmm. And he's younger than me. He's in his, he's like 27. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't want to be one of those people that's be like, oh, you know, the way we used to do it is blah -de -de blue. No. I learned so much from him, and I like to think vice versa, and we're creating something new. But at the same time, the, the conversations that I have with people that I've known for such a long time is like we're picking up where we left off. Right. And that's nice and comfortable, and right. I love it. Right. And they also know, they know your voice. They know how you think. Mm -hmm. But Casey also knows your voice and mm -hmm. knows how you think, but is coming at it from a different place because, and I don't know him, maybe I do, there's an openness. When, when we have a relationship with those kind of people, there's an openness that they have that they go, I'm going to accept you for this and you have something to offer in me and I'm going to be grateful for whatever it is that we're going to be doing. And if the relationship is meant to go further, that's great. Right. And yes. It, and, and I think I have to be the same way. You know, I think I was at risk of possibly being one of those people that could have thought, oh, I have been around the block and now I'm not <laughs> open to your thoughts and ways. Right. And I never... I, I don't want to be that person. So when I am teaching or involved in directing or coaching people that are maybe coming up through a process, you know, through improv or whatever it is, or character study or whatever, I don't want to block what I can learn from them. So I, I because you're curious. I'm very curious. And yeah. I think that that what ends up happening is people who stop being curious or start to, it's, it's a hardening of the arteries, I think. It's a hardening of the arteries, the idea of, um, well, I've learned as much as, I, how do, do people get to that point? They must get to that point. I can't imagine getting to the point of going, turn that music down, it's just noise. You yeah, know, but me, I think people want to hear their music that they're used to. Sure. You know, and that's weird too. I, 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 it's not weird. It's another thing I, I definitely... I expose myself to new music. I, How do you do that? Where do you get that? Where I listen that? to this silly radio. Do you uh -huh. know? I listen to just regular radio. I listen, but I do listen to the internet ra internet radio, and mm -hmm. I try to listen to college radio. I think college radio is a great place to find yeah. new music too. And I'm always so enthralled when it's like, "That's I never heard that song before." What? Who was it? Um, Mac McElroy Mackel. Berg and Flim, do you know what I'm talking about? Mackelberg and Flim. Please don't tell me you're talking about Mumford and Son. No, I'm not. Oh, good. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm <laughs> I was not. just gonna. It's cry another. For you. No, 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 no. It's it's no, no, no. I know who those people are too, oh, and I like those people. But I'm gonna get the name of it right now. But I heard them, and it was like, oh, they do a song called. Um, they do a song called. Um, I'm sorry, I'm gonna get it. And right now, everybody's going. They're shouting the name of it at me. On the on the they're shouting at their podcast, uh, the podcast going. What is it? What is it? Um, whatever. I can't find it. Fuck it. Fuck it. But um, when I heard them, I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" So I listen to NPR. I'm gonna find it. God damn it. I listen to NPR, and sometimes NPR has great music on it too. Yeah, definitely. Um, wait, wait. I'm so sorry. I'm gonna. I listen to NPR when I'm cooking. Isn't it lovely to listen to the radio when you're cooking? I, yes, I listen to podcasts when I'm cooking. I listen to podcasts in the bathtub. Definitely, always. I don't take baths. I love a bath. Ladies like the baths. I know. Guys think they're soaking in their own. No, I don't juice. think that. It just seems like I gotta go. 
I gotta go. I don't think about that. Oh, Macklemore and uh, Macklemore. Come on, everybody. Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. The, the, it's called The Heist. And it's really good. Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Um, when I was married, because yes. I'm not married anymore. When I was married, Katie and I had a huge, beautiful tub that we bought. Big. Love like it. two people can fit in that tub. Mm-hmm. And fiberglass, beautiful fucking tub. Um, I never took a bath in it. And then I divorced her. Because of the tub? That's one reason. Wow. Don't fuck with me with the tub. I'm wow. telling you, Jody. You know, Stoli is a good man. He's a great man. Can He's you imagine? Really good man. Put up with me. In the tub? Fuck, wait, with the tub thing. That's the major thing. He likes it when I take a bath. I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again. I used to wait in the tub till I'd hear him check on me like lovers do. Uh-huh. How's it going, dear? And I He calls would, you dear? No. Okay, fine. Um, how's it going? And I would float upside down like I was dead. <laughs> Just to see how he'd react if he found me dead in the tub. <laughs> and to get, you know, but then after a while, you're like the girl who played wolf. And then I would, <laughs> he would come home, I'd hear the keys at the front door and I would expose my ass, lay face down in the middle of our living room as if I had been sodomized and knocked on the head. That's to a good song. S- yeah. Sodomized and knocked on the head. It's by uh-huh. Mulgaroy and Ryan's song. <laughs> and just to again gauge how it would be if uh-huh. he had found me sodomized and knocked on the head. Right. But of course now he's just used to it. So right. now I can't play that game anymore. But um, it turns out like if he had found me floating dead in the tub, he would have been very like shocked and Did he, afraid and not was, like it. Right, 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 right. And he, then after, if he found out that I was alive and just playing a trick on him, he would be very mad and confused and think I was strange. Why would you do that? <laughs> but it's also, why would you do that to joke. me? Well, I'm, I'm your husband. I love you very yeah, much. Yeah, but he knows that I'm, you know, we're, but we both like to have a good time. Yeah, oh, That's sure, That's our sure. idea of a good time. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's, he does, he's an engineer? He is a track director. He directs radio commercials, but uh-huh. he's a musician. You know, he started as a right. musician in Chicago. He still makes music do you miss chicago i miss chicago a little bit your family I, you're from there i'm not i'm you're not from, from connecticut. connecticut then we went to maine i moved to chicago when i was 20. got it um but uh i loved it formative years you know those were the years it's really i think the formative years. that's a really good way to put it because i feel like those were the, the years that i were the, i was there set myself up for the way that i look at what it is that i do right now mm-hmm. and it's that thing it, it helped me discover my voice and it also helped me discover that I like my voice, not mm-hmm. the voice that I'm using necessarily, but the the voice, my sensibility. And the fact that we all, uh, I think the annoyance changed all of us. Yeah, that was, you know, I, I took, I was at Second City, you know, in the touring company and I took classes with Dell at IO and I was on Herald teams there. But the annoyance was my home and for sure, that's a big part of my voice. Mm-hmm. Um, In what way? Well, um, you know, uh, I was very um, moved by the thought that I could try anything. And I think for me, the f- most freedom was at the annoyance. Right. And the fuck it attitude that I learned from Mick. Right. 
And um, also, I basically lived on top of the Annoyance Theater. Mm -hmm. You know, I was dating McNapier, so right. I was sleeping above the theater, and you know. I would watch Mick direct, you know, I would watch every show, I was in all those shows. So yes. for me it was um, definitely, I was eating, breathing, and living that theater. That cannot, that cannot not affect you. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you know, and sometimes obviously it was not be the best move, you know, it's sometimes it, it you are too on top, literally on top of um, a world and a lifestyle. Right. But um, there's nothing wrong with commitment. You know, I think I see it. I see it here at the UCB. You know, you have to commit to things in order to then later maybe assess who you are, and you have to absorb. And well, you're also drawn to something that speaks to you, mm -hmm. and you're not going to be doing something that is even even if you're doing something that that's that seems masochistic you're getting something out of the masochism of it all. You <laughs> yeah. know, the idea of like, I need to do this because nobody, well, certainly in the culture that we live in, nobody's forcing you to do any of those fucking things. Right. And even if you're, it's like, this is torture for me, well, you're deciding to do it. Yeah, right. Martin DeMott always used to say, like, you find your tribe, you know, and, and I had found my tribe there. Right. Even though I was definitely, at, you know, we were all hanging out together. You know, we were all playing in different fields and and that was exciting to meet so many fabulous people that were definite that were trained in different ways you right. know working with Jackie uh, Hoffman or, or Amy Sedaris it was just that was a different style and tone and voice but right. then coming to New York and all of us working together um, we influenced each other in different ways I think and there's also something beautiful about you never know where someone's going to go, nor the, does that matter. You know, right. looking at Jackie and looking at Amy and looking at David and looking at that. I mean, I'm, I'm throwing David in there because I know that you did stuff with David, too. And looking at you don't know where somebody's going to go. And all that you do is you're speaking to me right now and you hear me and I hear you. And we are in this collaborative mm -hmm. thing. And who the fuck knows where it's going to go? Yeah. I never I thought about where things were going to go. And I, I remember being just as influenced by the people that were to my left and right on stage as I was by some of the greatest teachers and directors that I had. I totally agree. I absolutely agree. And I think there's some people that I look at and I think, why didn't you, because I, I would, X person, I would just look up to you and now you're just slinging hash in a diner in Lakeview. And I feel like, who the fuck am I to say that? Yeah. Yeah, because life is complicated and hard, and and you never know, you right? Know, what people's paths are going to be? No, and <laughs> you don't know who's at peace with what it is. You don't know at what level of peace someone is at with the life that they're in. Mm -hmm. And I think of people in Chicago and thinking, when are you going to move to LA? I don't think this anymore because I'm, you know, everybody's pretty much where it is that they're going to be before the, the their final car ride. Well, especially if they have two coffee tables or. I see what just happened. <laughs> but I mean, do you really think this is it? This is where you're going to be? You no. never think, oh, maybe I'll go to Amsterdam or... No, I certainly have thought about going to Amsterdam because I directed a show in Amsterdam. And if they said, come direct another show, I'm like, I'm fucking over there right now. Um, no, I don't, I don't. But I feel like if you have a family in Chicago, like two kids and a mortgage, chances are you're going to stay at least in the, the metropolitan Chicagoland area. Um, 
where is it going with that? But you were saying that, like, uh, people slinging hash in Lakeview. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who am I to say that, you know, oh, and I always look at people and say, when are you moving to L.A.? Right. And they're like, I'm not moving to L.A. I'm thinking, really? Why not? Are you going to New York? No, I'm not. Well, again, I don't think those things anymore. But at some point, I thought that. But I look at what Pasquese's doing in Chicago and TJ's doing in Chicago and Richard Label's doing in Chicago. Like, all these people who are, and Mick and all those annoyance people in Chicago. Um, Jimmy Crane. And they're... They're fucking doing fine, thank you very much. Yeah. They don't need me to tell them one thing or another. Um, and, and Susan Messing. I just wanted to mention a, a fucking Susan female Messing. in Chicago. Yeah, Susan Messing. I was going to say Ellen Stone King, too. Yeah. But um, Susan Messing, clearly, because I look at Susan, and Susan is one of the most inspiring human beings on the planet. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. The energy that that woman has. And, all, and <laughs> you know, I mean, like, it's, and, uh, she's the best she is the best and we've done so many shows together we've done a few shows together that are just so fucking passionate yeah and 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 when I look at somebody like that where I go I trust you because you trust you right and because you trust I trust you because I think that you trust me and when I, there's that level of trust we can do whatever the fuck we want to do because again it's, it's what you said it's not about the end result it's about where we are right now in mm-hmm. the middle of it all yeah yeah, and and it, it I have to admit it is easier with people that you know, you know, and and I I do do improv shows with people that have never met me or vice versa, like I've never met, and I don't necessarily know the shorthand what they're saying, and so, um, and and I really walk on stage with zip right. in my head, right. you know, and. <laughs> this is what you get. It, this is what you get. And I'm, j- you just have to, and vice versa. Like, I think it's funny when people are like, I've got your back, I've got your back. And it's like, I have my back. I have my back. And oh, I love that you said that. And I understand that you're trying, like, this is a thing that we all do. Mm-hmm. I've got your back. It, I, but I really, I just have my own back. And so let's be comfortable with that, and, and, and hopefully as a result of that, we'll all be playing nice and have fun. Yep, yep. I, I was just, I did two workshops here, and I was giving people shit about the I got your back thing. I don't know when that started. I don't know when it that started. started it's, but it, like three or four years ago, people were starting to get each other's backs. And I'm like, why do you have my back? Where the fuck did that come from? Because really, really, you don't have my back. You have your back. And it's what the annoyance was all about, really. It's like, yeah. you take care of your own shit, mm-hmm. and everybody's going to know that you've got your own shit. And it's not a selfish move. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a way, kind of, if you want to look at it, it is. But I also look at that and I think, it's not a selfish move. If I am confident with that which I am offering you in that moment, then you're, you know that the foundation that you're working off of, which is me, is strong and solid and open. And... Stand-ups don't do that. God bless them. Yeah. But the stand-ups that we love, they got their fucking back. Yeah. They got their back. Louis C.K., nobody's got his back. The fuck has got his back. And I think that's, you know, in life and in, <clears throat> in regards to whatever it is that we do every day, whatever we're making, we... I have lots of friends who support me, and I'm so thankful for it. And I, I support... I like to think that I support lots of my friends. And I think most of our support is hanging out with each other, mm-hmm. you know, and, and seeing each other on a daily basis. But, um, mm-hmm. and, and I have lots of friends that I work with. And I think in the grand scheme, 
that's how we have each other's backs. You know, is like, I have your back when it comes to, you want to make something, I'm going to make something with you. Right. But when, when I'm improvising and when I'm doing an improv show, I don't necessarily think of it that way. No. I, it's too hard for me. And though I'm trying to be open to new concepts and ways of improvising and seeing it, like the game at UCB or whatever it might be, I'm trying to be open to those concepts. And it's a language that I, I use, too, because I do teach at UCB on occasion. Um, and I, I do understand it, but I think for me, it's not, it's not my, my nature, you know? It's not your nature, that which they're teaching. Yeah. I was just having this conversation with Rachel about that very thing. But only because, I'm sure it's because I've been doing it a certain way for so long. Yes. So I do understand the concept of, of trying to see it in a different way. And occasionally I will... Because I do do a little checklist for myself when mm -hmm. I go to an improv show. I might take a walk from the train to the theater. And I might think, today, what are the things that I have that I want to do? You know, mm -hmm. and, and it's not, it's just like, I want to be present. Uh, I'm a very physical player. Mm -hmm. I always lead with my body. Mm -hmm. And that's how I start things usually. I want to be aware of my body. I might, you know, think about the players that I'm excited to play with. I just try to be in the moment, pre-show in the moment. Right. I take out the earbuds and just kind of cleanse and get ready to do a show. Right. But I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know, sometimes I will think, well, let's, maybe I'll try to look for a game in a scene at one point. <laughs> right. I do as a challenge to myself. It's only a I fucking know. show. I know. You know? I know. I know. Who cares? Right. I, I, when people go, what do you think of the game in the scene? And I have to think, I don't know that I ever do that. I know. I, do, I don't ever do that. And... Lately, I've been, and I'll be frank, I've been coming to peace with UCB does their thing, the Ground Links do their thing, yeah, I do course. my thing, the Annoyance does their thing, the Annoyance, IO, Second City, they speak to me in ways that the Ground Links and UCB does not speak to me. And uh, when I walk out of a show at the Ground Links, God bless, um, I will most likely not think about that show. But when I walk out of a Second City show, I'll go, I like that scene, I like that acting, I like what was going on in that. Because there seems to be more multi-level multi way of doing things. And I'm watching the actors, because if you think about the actors that we know who came from Second City, yeah. they're pretty fucking strong actors. Right. And they got legs, right. you know? I mean, I look at, say what you want about Amy and her voice, and it's a, it's a distinct voice, and we all have distinct voices, but Amy's voice, is very distinct, and yet I look and I go, you, could, you are one strong, one strong actor. Amy Sedaris? Yeah. Yeah. Really, really strong. I look at Amy, I look at Stephen uh, Colbert, uh, less so nowadays, because he is that character, mm -hmm. but, um, but there's heart in what he does. I mm -hmm. look at what Danella was doing at Second City. I look at what Jackie was doing at Second City and Jackie Hoffman's doing here. Jesus, I, I see Jackie's shows every time. I talk to Jackie all the time. You know, she's I see Amy here. all the time. She's coming over here at 2.30. Yeah. Trust me, I know. Oh, you do? Go on, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. <laughs> no, I'm so glad. I'm really, really yeah, glad. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I love her so much. She's I really love awesome. her. She's really awesome. And, and, and she's inspiring to yes. me because it's like there's somebody who, knew, who knows and who, who always knew she who always the fuck did. she was. And when I looked at her and Colbert and Carell and uh, um, I'm going to use those three guys. Um... I looked at them and thought, what is it like to know why you're here? 
Right, and I think it's true with even stand-ups or people I see at UCB. I mean, I've lived here since 94, you know, so I've seen lots of people come through UCB too. And, and you know, You've also seen UCB grow. Yes. I mean, in terms of their voice, not, not necessarily the amount of people that were there, but just right. them discovering who they are. Right. I'm sorry, but go ahead. But I've seen great performers come through there, and I think the common thread is, it's like you say, it's defining their voice quickly and then and confidently. confidently and committing to it. Yes. You know, and yes. those are the people that we see, um, that we love to see over and over again because it's, oh, okay, I know what I'm getting here right. with that person. And they, right, have, right. they know. Somehow they figured it out. Some people so soon and quickly, they figured it out. Well, that's what I love about Col Colbert. Fucking yeah. figured it out right away. Mm -hmm. And there was just something so beautiful well i know i i i i know with with the sedarises their their familial culture was all about voice mm -hmm. you, you know what i mean where their 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 family what did they call themselves the family the or talent something? family the talent family mm -hmm. they call themselves it the and they would do shows on the beach for each other whatever the fuck it was who mm -hmm. got the best hand or whatever it was going to be and i think if you have a found again i'm going to foundation like this if you have a foundation like that you can't help but always want to open yourself up to that next thing and next thing and next thing because you don't know, you don't know failure. Right. You might call it something else. Right. Right. And you're encouraged. You're encouraged. You're encouraged and at the same time you're not discouraged. Right. Which are two different things. Yes. Um, and I do believe that it's whatever you engage in. I talk about this a lot, the idea of engaging in. Are you engaging in being discouraged or are you engaging in, I'm going to try this? Which is what I loved about the annoyance. Right. You know, well, we were encouraged to absolutely try anything, even right. if it was completely offensive. Right. And even if it wasn't in a world where we were, you know, quote unquote, shocking. But even if you had like the silliest, sweetest love song mm -hmm. in the whole entire world, that could be almost riskier to try than to be, you know, the filthiest person in the show. You know, to, to suggest being the ingenue. Yes. Um, that could have been crazier. But I loved that we were, you know, I love character work and I still love it mm -hmm. so much. And that was a place where I saw some of the best character work. Ed Furman was just, in, is it's so funny and such great character work. And that was another person who would just come in with the greatest characters. Yes. And I loved And foul mouth. Yeah. But also and really wigs beautiful. And like right. Susan Messing wigs, Kate Flannery wigs. You know? And also Ellen Stone King's, yeah. uh, uh, her, because Ellen and I did, um, we did, uh, Geese Theater Company. Oh, of we course. We were in prison together. Of course. We were in prison across the United States. And so Ellen was very knowledgeable, a really strong actor. Um, she has her demons. She had her demons. She seems to have them uh, in, in, un, under, uh, she seems to be partnered with them in a very positive way now. That's the best way that I can put that. But um, when she would sing a song in co-ed prison sluts, that would be like, oh, that's just so fucking beautiful yeah. and horrible. Yes. The words are horrible, but you're singing it in a beautiful way. Or or um, Susan, that song that she sang in Co-Ed Prison Sluts, there was a really sweet song. 
Right, where she was, uh, right. Uh, it wasn't Wanting Shema. to get pank- spanked. Y- yes, you know, by yes, 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 yes. Yeah, basically right. asking for abuse. Right, yeah. and looking at that and saying, okay, fine, but... And I think another thing was, it wasn't shock. It wasn't done shocking. It wasn't done in order to be shocking. Mm-mm. It was shocking, but that wasn't the reason that they were going in to do it. It wasn't like, let's be shocking. It's more along the lines of, let's see how far we can go with this. Right. Well, it was Mick's commitment to a certain style of theater. Right. And then inside that, each director had a certain tone or style that they had a commitment to. Mm-hmm. Tom Booker, Manson the Musical was the first theater, the first show I did. Right. So that was like a very campy musical about the Mansons, but that was also an homage to pop references right. I think whereas Mick never had that he was more Brechtian right. and still is and yes. you know Ben Zook had a different style the Soloway sisters all had a different style <laughs> right, and all right. those styles Eddie Furman as a director Duragamuffin right right we had a Gary, live chicken Gra- on Ru- stage uh, Ruderman at that Gary, right Gary Ruderman like right. everybody had a different style right. Matt Walsh right it was all a different style that could live under that roof and people being open right like here's a roof we're gonna put come under our roof right whereas yeah there were just different styles at different theaters but they you know they still had value obviously obviously and and what it did with were you at the 25th no I didn't go Uh -uh. it was really quite a beautiful celebration it was a great celebration and it also talked about community and how we don't know how much we influence everybody we don't. We have no idea, and and I think I don't know that we owe it to anybody, but we certainly owe it to ourselves, to say, I am here to not struggle, I am here to bloom, and when I am given the permission to bloom by somebody, I am indirectly inspiring someone else to bloom. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I think you're right. That's great. Yeah. Good. Let's end there. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on ADD Comedy, you can visit our website at www.theaddcomedytour.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at ADD Comedy Pod. If you're in the Los Angeles area and you're interested in taking a class with Dave, you can find that information at his website at www.davidrosowski.com. Sound services for the ADD Comedy Podcast was brought to you by Post Apocalyptic.